This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation here at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer. We continue to have conversation around Becoming Beloved Community, the Episcopal Church's long-term commitment to racial healing, reconciliation, and justice. Becoming Beloved Community represents not so much a set of programs as a journey, a set of interrelated commitments around which Episcopalians may organize our many efforts to respond to racial injustice and grow a community of reconcilers, justice makers, and healers. In this episode, we speak with Brad Goff, our Minister for Families. What was the most interesting thing you learned in our implicit bias discussion? Um, probably the fact about like the hand washing and how like even simple products can be biased. Um, so basically like for an example, hand washers, um, for hand wash, like motion sensor, um, it uses by infrared that reflects off your skin and that completes a circuit and then water flows. But if the darker your skin is, the, more, the harder it is for it to reflect and so it absorbs and so it doesn't work as well. Um, personally, it was when um, I was walking through a part of the exhibit where it showed all the different ways that slaves could have escaped. And it's like how they mailed themselves to freedom or pretended to be a man in order to be free or something like that. And that just really surprised me on how many ways they tricked the slave owners. The biggest takeaway for this for me was um, that even when we're not trying to be biased, we could still be biased, and that bias is a neutral term. Because everything, like everyday life things, like there's just bias everywhere, and it's just kind of. Welcome, Brad. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm doing well. This past Sunday, you took both Beats and Club Corps to the Freedom Center. It was the Beats Kids and the Youth Group. Okay, can you just tell a little bit about the makeup of those groups? Sure. So our beats is our our beats group is kids in fifth through eighth grade, and it's designed as a bridge between club core, which is first through fourth, and youth, which is high school. So it's those kids who are too old for like elementary school programming, but are a little bit too young for a discussion that a youth group would be having. So the beats are fifth through eighth, and we try to desi design a lot of opportunities for them to get together with the youth so that they can start to transition into that uh, higher level of thinking. And this past Sunday, you went to the Freedom Center, and we just heard some of the clips that the, of the experiences that, the, that they had. Um, but was, what was your takeaway as you saw them go through the museum? I was really impressed with our kids' ability to take in information that heavy and react to it and not just brush it off as something that happened a long time ago, but really internalize how it's happening today still. So we started with a session in the Implicit Bias Learning Lab, which is basically a discussion about the way we think about things, the way our brains work, and how our natural preferences that we give to things uh, sometimes we can't control how that causes us to think about them to begin with. So just an awareness of that. So having that to take then into the exhibits where we're looking at how people were treated during slavery, during the slave trade, then also into modern day slavery, I was really impressed with our kids' ability to um, stay focused on that all throughout and kind of see how that applies to their lives today. 
I've always been really impressed with the kids in this place of their maturity. Yeah, it really shows that um, they're willing to put some thought to their lives and to what they believe as opposed to just hearing the things that they think they should believe or what their parents or other adults tell them. Right, a lot of taking that on themselves. Yeah. While in adult forum, we've had this continual series of Becoming Beloved Community during Lent. Was there anything else or is this kind of the the beginning of the, the incarnation? I can talk about just uh, the things that we did during Lent yeah. with the Beats kids. So with the Beats kids, we have really explored race and bias on several levels. So we did a few activities where we actually had them fill out uh, little tests of sorts about the way they think about things, the way they think about people. So the first one was a visual discrimination test where we gave them pictures of two people and asked them, which one is more likely to be successful? Which one would you be friends with? Things like that. And uh, we graded that on a scale and we showed it back to them and they discussed it and they you know, said things like, yeah, really, uh, this woman had glasses and I thought she was mean. And we could talk about the way the bias of the woman with glasses and sort of a stern look made them think of uh, a disciplinarian and her mother, but the man with the same stern look made them think of like a coach or uh, so a little bit of gender bias, right? And that was really cool. And then we moved into asking them questions that weren't visually based, but sort of on a scale of one to five, how uncomfortable would you be if your sister brought home a friend that was differently abled Mm. and you needed to interact with them Um, and how likely would you be to be friends with a kid at school that was transgendered how comfortable would you be with that and then just graded their comfortability with uh, people that are differently abled uh, different races um, different backgrounds so doing that sort of work and then leading into our session within the implicit bias lab in the freedom center. I think it really tied it up nicely and I hope to continue to move on with them and yeah. that discussion. Yeah, I know that's, that's looking back at becoming beloved community and what the adult forum has been doing. I mean, that's taking inventory. That's taking inventory of what, where you are as a person as they are um, and bringing that to light. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. Megan said in an earlier podcast that it is a journey. It is not a program. And I think anyone who's been part of any of the sessions is seeing that. And I know I've been able to take a few of the things I've heard on the podcast into my daily life. And hopefully the kids have been able to do that with the sessions we've been doing. And and I think this journey is going to be really long and in some ways never ending. But it is so worth it if we can just put our minds to continuing to step forward and step out of our comfort zones right completely completely and and unlearn those things as Megan said absolutely Um, yeah and it's not our fault I think that's one of the biggest things we need to recognize the way that we have benefited from the system from bias from gender bias and in my case from you know uh, race bias we need to recognize the ways that we have benefited from that and not necessarily have to internalize blame for that so uh, if we can do that once we internalize if you internalize blame it wants you to shut down the other side and say no I haven't done those things but being able to recognize it uh, the way you've benefited from it without taking on that blame I think is really important to do the actual reconciliation work in what you've been doing in your ministry here have um 
obviously been examining and, and looking at becoming beloved community and living into that and what does it look like to have that lens. Um, what's been the, the why for you? Sure, it would be much easier not to because having discussions about race and privilege and bias is, is not the, always the easiest thing with adults, much less with middle schoolers. Uh, but I remember growing up, I lived in a community that was very homogenous. I went to a school that was very homogenous, and I never really spent um, any time around anyone of color. It wasn't until I went to college and had my first roommate was African-American that I really started to see that people of other cultures uh, were not much different than I, uh, and in very different and significant ways. But I didn't even realize that I had major biases and maybe even some racism because I was just never around it. So I didn't actively think about, uh, think negatively towards people of color. So in a place like Redeemer, where we are very homogenous right now, uh, I just think it's so important for our kids to see that there are other people in the world, other cultures, other experiences, and kids are already so egocentric. The world is what it is for them. So to be able to help open up their minds, and like you said, they've been so mature about it and so willing to do that, uh, it's just been a really gratifying experience, and I think they've really enjoyed it as well. That's great. Um, what have you learned? Is there anything along the way that you've learned? Yeah, I've learned that um, kids today, I think their minds are so much more plastic than, than it seems like mine was at that age. They are so willing to look and see how they are privileged and see how kids that they go to school with are not or are privileged in different ways. I feel like um, I've really learned that the future is bright if we still if we keep doing this work of becoming beloved community and we keep um, working on ourselves, our kids are going to see that. And I think the future is bright for all of us. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Continue to join us in these conversations here as we continue our commitment to becoming beloved community here at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in the Queen of the Midwest, Cincinnati, Ohio.